Welcome to the Teach Me Lit podcast. I'm Sophie Tuvey and I love talking about books and helping you to revise for English literature and go deeper in the texts you're studying. North and South, chapters 23 and 24. Now after this really dramatic scene where uh, the strike workers are mobbing Thornton's Mill and Margaret's dramatically um, placed herself as a human shield in front of John Thornton. Um, now the situation between Margaret and Thornton is at a sort of crisis point. In the Victorian era, a young unmarried woman would never be able to show such physical closeness to a man like this, you know, flinging her arms around him, standing in front without great shame and disgrace, um, unless they were engaged to be married or, or they did get married. So Thornton now feels bound by obligation to um, make Margaret an offer of marriage. Now he comes back into the mill in the beginning of chapter 23 and is amazed to find that Margaret's already gone. The doctor has um, tended to her, she was unconscious for a time, she felt very ill but she was anxious to get back to her mother so that her mother wouldn't hear about the mob at Thornton's and then have a great shock knowing that Margaret was there. So Margaret's trying to get home before her mother hears anything about what's happened. Um, Thornton tries to explain to his mother his situation um, and says, uh, I don't know where I should have been but for her. Uh, Mrs Thornton says, are you become so helpless as to have to be defended by a girl? He says, not many girls would have taken the blows on herself which were meant for me. A girl in love will do a good deal, replied Mrs Thornton. So that's Mrs Thornton's interpretation, um, just as it really has been for Fanny and for the others as well, that Margaret must be in love with John, otherwise she would never have done what she did. John explains that he is going to make her an offer, but he actually doesn't believe that she does care for him. Um, He says, I cannot believe such a creature cares for me. And Mrs Thornton says, she might be a duke's daughter to hear you speak. I can believe she has had a struggle with her aristocratic way of viewing things. But I like her the better for seeing clearly at last. And he says, I shall put myself at her feet. Um, And of course, Mrs Thornton waits until he's gone and then cries unwanted tears in the sense of she knows that this is it. She's going to lose her son. Um, Now, we then switch to the Hales home, Margaret coming home, obviously having experienced this terrible event and all this violence, and she can't really tell her parents the truth. So she has to just, again, grin and bear it. And what we see in Margaret is that classic Victorian value of stiff upper, upper lip, you just carry on and you don't reveal the emotional turmoil that you're going through or the great physical pain that you're going through. So Margaret sort of sits there and does small talk with them all Um, and she's also feeling very humiliated as she thinks over um, the implications of what she's done. Um, She she thinks, um, oh how low I am fallen that they should say that of me. Um, It made me the more anxious there should be fair play on each side. It was not fair that he should stand there sheltered awaiting the soldiers who might catch those poor maddened creatures as in a trap It was worse than unfair on them to set on him as they threatened. So Margaret sees 
both sides of the situation. She sees that it wasn't fair for Thornton to just call for the soldiers and not tell the crowd. Equally, it wasn't fair for the crowd to turn on him either. Um, And the reason that she feels that she has fallen, that word, because she has shown um, emotion and maybe a lack of self-control in what she did. Um, and she she thinks to herself, it's no wonder those people thought I was in love with him after disgracing myself in that way. And so she feels the sense of humiliation that people might believe that she loves um, John Thornton and feels completely conflicted. Now, this sets up the, the conflict ready for the next chapter, chapter 24, because we know um, what, what John Thornton is going to do. Um, and so um, this scene is absolutely the centre point of the novel and just like Pride and Prejudice it's a proposal and it's unsuccessful. Um, Similarly to Pride and Prejudice um, both characters do not yet have a full understanding of each other Um, and because of that there can't be a happy outcome for this proposal. Thornton having realised his the depth of his feelings for Margaret um, goes to see her in the morning and um, it says in truth he was afraid of himself strong man as he was he trembled at the anticipation of what he had to say and how it might be received and then I think it's really funny as it talks about his thoughts about what might happen she might droop and flush and flutter to his arms as her, to her natural home and resting place now that seems to me a stereotypical idea of what a Victorian woman lady might do if proposed to and when what we know of Margaret that just seems utterly ridiculous there's no way that Margaret would ever droop flush and flutter into his arms so he's clearly not thinking straight here then he fears a passionate rejection and of course that is what exactly what's going to happen so he kind of knows deep down what is actually going to happen but I guess his love is is allowing him this hope that she might accept him um when Margaret um comes in it says her head was thrown a little back in the old proud attitude altogether she looked like some prisoner falsely accused of a crime that she loathed and despised and this really should show John Thornton that she feels ashamed of her conduct she understands the implications of it um and she's and she's accused of a crime that she loathed in other words people are interpreting her actions as meaning she's in love with him and that is equivalent to her as a crime which she loathes to be guilty of so john john's speech um begins miss hale i was very ungrateful yesterday And she instantly tries to shut him down by saying, uh, you had nothing to be grateful for. It was only a natural instinct. Any woman would have done just the same. Thornton says, I choose to believe that I owe my very life to you. Um, And he carries on um, to say, um, you must, you shall hear to one whom I love as I do not believe man ever loved woman before. But then Margaret's reaction is truly shocking. She says, your way of speaking shocks me. It is blasphemous. Your whole manner offends me. And, and that use of the word blasphemous is really interesting because obviously it's a religious word. Um, it, it usually means if you're talking of God improperly. So the fact that she, he's made her a proposal, she views it as blasphemy is, is completely inappropriate a word. Um, but it shows how extreme Margaret is. 
Um, and she says, um, instead of perceiving as a gentleman would, yes, a gentleman, that any woman worthy of the name of woman would come forward to shield with her reverence, helplessness, a man in danger from the violence of numbers. And what Thornton says in response is, I am a man. I claim the right of expressing my feelings. Though I, though a master, may be oppressed, I know you despise me. Allow me to say it is because you do not understand me. I do not care to understand, she replied, taking hold of the table to steady herself, for she thought him cruel. No, I see you do not. You are unfair and unjust. And this this problem, this misunderstanding between them is what's preventing them seeing really well from her seeing his worth and from them having a happier relationship and I just think it's interesting there's these terms gentleman woman and man this idea of them representing their very sex and gender he's representing all men she's representing all women um, and this kind of clash and conflict between the very nature of of men and women is is here Thornton says scornfully, you look as if you thought it tainted you to be loved by me. You cannot avoid it. Um, And then she tries to part with him by holding out her hand and he rejects her. And obviously we've got that, that circularity now of initially she refused to take his hand. Then finally their hands shook for the first time at the dinner and now... She holds out her hand and he rejects it. Um, and, and Margaret um, thinks that she's seen the gleam of unshed tears uh, in his eyes. So he's clearly got that really deep emotion. She's deeply emotional as well. But his proposal has completely backfired and they've misunderstood each other very fundamentally. So at this point in the novel, like a midpoint of their relationship, crisis point, um, we have the unsuccessful proposal and there's a lot of obstacles now that they will need to overcome if we're going to get a happily, happy, happily ever after conclusion. If you've enjoyed this podcast and found it helpful, please hit subscribe and share it with a friend. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter. Just search for Teach Me Lit. I'm always open to requests. So if you want me to talk about a text you're studying, get in touch. Thank you for listening. See you next time on the Teach Me Lit podcast.